Welcome back to Queer in College, a short six-episode miniseries about the queer college experience. I am so excited today for our guests, Mikey, Ryan, and Cole, who are Boston College students, seniors, who are living this experience every day. Ryan is a political science major from New Jersey, Michael, an economics and sociology major from Wisconsin, and Cole is an accounting, finance, and information systems major from California. So without further ado, welcome, guys. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) um, Let's start with um, just a general question. What are some of your initial thoughts that come to mind when you hear the queer student experience, and how would you define that in, in your own terms? Is there a universal queer student experience? Um, Or how has your experience been similar to each other's at BC too? I wouldn't say that there's a universal one. I think that they're like definitely different depending on um, who you interact with, what your identity is, like where you like fall in the social circles at BC. Um, I won't speak for the other two here. I feel like, well, actually Cole, I feel like you and I have had somewhat of a similar experience just because we've been together for since like freshman year. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if the other two of you have thoughts. You know, I mean, I, for me personally, you know, I think that a big part of my queer experience has been experiencing heterogeneity mm-hmm. within the queer community here at BC, meeting people who have had all sorts of different experiences with being queer at this school. And, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that there's not one way, I think is really a, a big thing for me. Yeah. And I hear, so I hear both of you saying that they're um, like your background affects it. There's, there's different, um, like how you engage socially on campus and where you come from might affect it too. Oh yeah. I mean, I would just <laughs> echo whatever you said. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I think like the gay experience isn't isn't monolithic and the gay experience isn't even representative of all queer experiences. So right. there's a lot going on. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing um, your own definitions. And then moving into the next question, what were some of your expectations for college? And maybe this depends on uh, your, your personal backgrounds and where you're from. Um, and were those expectations met in terms of what your, what your experience was going to be like? I can go first. I was out only to like my closest friends in high school. And so when I was coming to college, I was like, this is going to be the moment where I'm just going to be like out and don't have to like come out to anyone. And then I got here and I realized that that's not true. Like you do have to just keep coming out to people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Boston as a city in general, not just BC, I was expecting to be some like gay utopia. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely a lot better than like my small uh, New Jersey town, but it's not like it's not what I expected. Not bad by any means, but definitely different from what was in my mind beforehand. Yeah, I, I relate to that. I um I went to school in South Carolina for undergrad at a place called Furman. And I um, just thought I was gonna be out and proud and loud and just date a bunch of people too. And um, it was it was a hard process. I was continually coming out and then the the culture was not like as utopian as like you're describing either. It was very hard to find people like me. Um, what about Mikey or Cole? Yeah, I was in mine. It was like a pretty similar experience in high school. I was only out to like a handful of people and I figured college would be like the place where like just gay 24-7. <laughs> uh, 
And I guess like, I think that that's mostly been the case. There is sort of like a, a process of continually coming out to people, but I feel like it doesn't feel like coming out to me anymore when people like find out I'm gay. Like, I feel like it's just so a part of who I am that it, it'll just like come up, you know? Like, whereas no. before when I first got here, I feel like it was something that I like thought about in my head. Um, so in that sense, I guess it's, it's changed over the years. Um, I would also agree with the idea that like, I definitely expected coming to sort of like uh, an elite, like East Coast school, it would be like a sort of gay paradise. Right. It's, it's not a gay paradise um, that I expected or, or maybe just like hoped it would be. I mean, you know, I don't know. I think com coming from the West Coast, I expected it to be a little different and it wasn't, it wasn't. Um, for me in my personal journey, I mean, I started off college really out only to my closest friends and, you know, I, I'm bi as well. So it kind of didn't really force, it, it allowed me to not force the issue in a lot of ways through my first couple of years of college. Cause you know, I was in a, you know, longer term straight relationship and it just wasn't something people asked me about. And I didn't really have to confront it very much. And I think what it really took was a, you know, good sense of community, honestly, a community that I didn't expect to find at a place like Boston college. Right. You know, the friends that I've made here really helped me kind of be more honest with myself and with other people. And, you know, as Ryan said, it is a kind of continual coming out. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I hear all of you saying you've experienced like a lot of growth, um, just in your, in your four years, what, what do you think were some of those formative moments where you were able to like reflect on your identity and like you were saying Mikey it just became like a, a huge part of who you are and something that um you're, you're proud to tell people you had a good one oh yeah I mean we're talking formative experiences I guess um mm -hmm. pretty funny it came kind of serendipitously um my direct roommate was dating a bi girl and so I was seeing her all the time and you know I really was able to because I didn't have, you know, I mean, I had Ryan and Patrick, obviously, but, you know, this sounds so weird because they were my roommates at the time, but I was like kind of intimidated by you guys. Oh. You know, you guys were like really like brave and comfortable in ways that I kind of wasn't at the time. And, you know, what talking to other bi people really helped me understand was that, you know, there's not a right way to do this. And, you know, Maddie, Ryan, and Patrick invited me to a uh, a, a night at Barcelona where, you know, we all got drinks and it, it, it was just wonderful. And so that was, I would say, a kind of watershed moment for me where, you know, I felt community in a way that, you know, I kind of had in high school, but kind of didn't. And, you know, that's when I first kind of started feeling a little okay about myself. And, you that's know, really cool. I'm sorry for feeling intimidated by you. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any other um, experiences y'all wanted to share? Um, I, I could share one. Um, my freshman year, like my first, it was probably like the first or second week of school, I started being sexually harassed by one of my professors. Mm. And I wasn't out to my parents at the time. Um, and like, I didn't really know a lot of people on campus yet because it was like right at the start. And I just came to realize how much like not being totally out could be held against you. Like people can use that. Um, and I, that was like a big moment for me, like when I realized that like 
you just have so much more power and agency like once you're out. Um, so that was like very important to me. Yeah, it's a way to take control of your life and dictate, you know, who gets to who gets to say what to you. Um, that's powerful. Thank you for being vulnerable. Um, what so what about BC's culture do you think um, can stand in the way of, of a positive experience? It sounds like you've identified one, but are there are there any like other ways you've thought about like the Jesuit culture um, or anything specific about Boston College that has that has been difficult? I don't know if this just affects like queer students and it's never been like the Jesuit aspect for me at least, but uh, I feel like at BC there's very much particular stereotypes and boxes that like the men are supposed to fit into and then the women are supposed to fit into and when you don't fit into either of those it can be very uncomfortable whether you're queer or not. Right. Um, and so being queer like when you know that just your sexuality or identity alone doesn't fit into that box like that's a lot of pressure to take on and I don't know if that's like particular to BC mm. but it's definitely very present here um, yeah I, I hear that conversation all the time in my classes and I think like there are boxes that everyone feels like they have to fit into based on the identities you hold but I do think that Boston College has some pretty um, strong like social reinforcements of those boxes yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah I would say like kind of going off that I feel like there's kind of a gay man specific box where mm -hmm. like like I remember I remember having conversations with people where like they very overtly said something like they would like to have a gay best friend which is <laughs> like I don't know not something you want to hear <laughs> um, like you can just come to feel like I don't know almost an accessory to like other people um, yeah that's so true. I um I did a campaign in college where I like wrote on this sign that said, I am gay, I'm not your gay best friend. So that definitely resonates with me. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that. I know some people don't mind, but I don't like that either. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I think that the existence of the kind of box of like what being a success, being successful at being gay at Boston College, mm -hmm. you know, that image and, you know, I think it, it kind of works itself into the fact BC is a pretty image obsessed place in general, but that's what, that's part of what made it, I guess, difficult for me was that, you know, seeing, I, you know, again, to me, you know, seeing people who were very successful at, you know, being comfortable with themselves, mm -hmm. you know, it was like, oh, wow, I'm not that. So therefore I'm not in the window of what's okay to be here you know hmm. again that that was you know mostly in my head but I think it is a pretty real part of the culture yeah that makes me sad because you think about college as this place you go to like really learn who you are and be surrounded by people that support and challenge you in that and to think that there are these boxes that like you're expected to fit in and like there's no room for growth is, is kind of sad but I'm glad that you've identified that at least um I want to I want to talk more about like those that like straight male box and like girl box too. Um, Cause I'm thinking about ways that might play out, especially in like the party and the hookup culture. Um, I don't know if y'all saw that question on my list, but um, I read a book in one of my classes called American Hookup by Lisa Wade. And she describes how like hookup culture is very, um, it's, it's catered towards straight um, white folks um, and how, 
how have you navigated that or are you able to find like queer spaces to um to experiment and have fun and those kinds of things make it a point to invite um our queer friends out if i'm just at a like a regular party i feel like there aren't usually many queer people and so it's like mm. i know going to a party that i'm not meeting up with someone there and right. if i feel like that's a very rare experience um so when all my girlfriends are like oh like so and so is going to be here i'm like that's great like i'll hype you up but i don't have that for myself and so grinder is like the hookup culture that hmm. i guess is the default but on campus it's like very hard to come by i feel like sure yeah we were like just talking about this a while ago with two like if you approach a, a guy in like an, an interested way like it could be seen as insulting if you like approach the wrong guy um mm -hmm. so you also kind of get in your head with like limiting your own ability to meet other people in in social gatherings that aren't explicitly queer right yeah no i think everything that they've said is you know kind of the truth the the default um gathering at bc is a straight gathering and it's really you know it, it's really rare to find i guess a kind of queer space where you know that type of i guess intimidation you know mikey talked about doesn't really exist mm -hmm. so you've been able to find those spaces though off campus um and or in boston i think you can make those spaces maybe like um yeah. you can have a night where like you invite all gay people or something like that so you can kind of like choose to put yourself in that space um i think it's just harder to come by like it takes yeah more so, like you have to you have to create that yourself it's not like it's built into the, the college experience already yeah yeah cool. you know i i owe a bit of a thanks to some friends of mine for you know putting more more effort into creating it than i have for sure hmm. well it's cool that like y'all all live together too because you've you've created this space um where you get to come home every day and have and have a, a queer friendly space um, to grow and learn from each other in. So um, can y'all tell me more about that? What's it like to live in a mod with like all your roommates identifying on the queer spectrum? And would you recommend that? I guess we should like asterisk. So <laughs> of yeah. the six of us, two are straight. Um, oh, okay, okay. So we have a majority, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that there were six people in a mod. That is so yeah. nice. Yeah. What's it like? I think it's great. Yeah. I feel like we can talk very openly and like know that if we want to insert like queer refer references or like talk about gay life and gay dating and stuff like that, like it's just do it. Yeah. Um, our two straight roommates are obviously very, very accepting. They're awesome. So they don't really get uncomfortable when we're talking about it. Mm. Sometimes they'll join in on the conversations too. Um, yeah, I love it. I don't know about you two. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's like, I remember like when I first moved in here, I was worried that like Dan or Shane or two straight roommates would feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. about like, I don't know, just being sort of like in a gay conversation that they're like, like sometimes they just like overhear it, but aren't For sure. like yeah. in it, you know, and it occurred to me that that's such an, it's weird that I even have to have that concern, right? Like I go about whole days where like every conversation I have is like a totally straight conversation and no one is like, how does he feel about it? Yeah. Um, so I feel like right. it's given me 
like perspective to think about all the ways that like everyday life is so straight and then like life here doesn't have to be right yeah no i think that that's all true i you know i think that dan and shane are you know both i would say some of the more um you know chill and accepting people around and you know i don't think that there's anything that we could say to make them uncomfortable and you know at the same time I think Mike, you're absolutely right. Is that, you know, because the default kind of um, living situation or room or conversation that you normally would have Boston college is not queer. Mm -hmm. it, it is pretty special to, to live in this place. And I, you know, I, I do feel grateful for that. Yeah. I love that for you guys. My, um, my two best friends in college were straight. Um, and I was so thankful for them just because they straight, they like changed the negative image of straight men that I had had for so long. And they challenged that. And like, there are, there are good people out there that will engage in conversation and, you know, work for you too. Um, so that's awesome that you found that. Um, what about like when you were freshmen coming in or first year students, what was the, the rooming situation like then? Cause I didn't get to choose my roommates and they were like very masked the hetero dudes and I was like so scared of them <laughs> and I ended up switching out of that room so what was that that first year experience like for y'all oh um I, I won't give you the whole song and dance of it but you know my guy was someone who I picked out and it still you know was not a healthy space for me you know both in terms of me being by and in terms of just me living there in general but you know um it really did force me very quickly to, you know, at pretty similar to in high school, actually, I, the first close friends I made, even before Ryan and the rest of the kids that I'm living with now, um, you know, it was the gay people on the floor. It was, you know, um, John and Nick, really. And it, it, it was sort of a um, kind of fight or flight sort of moment where, you know, I didn't, I couldn't really be in my room that much. Um, the other part of it, because I was a kid and immature, I just basically, I started living in a girl's room for a couple months um, and ended up dating her too. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty messy and stupid, but um, you know, that's how, that's how my freshman year living situation went. And right. you know, No, thanks for sharing. Um, I lived in a quad my freshman year. Um, so there were three other guys and two of them had gone to high school together and were a little openly homophobic. Like they would say things like, oh, that's gay. Um, as like an insult, which was Ew. weird. <laughs> um, yeah, and they would have like other guys over who just seemed like really uncomfortable with me there. So I, yeah, wasn't a fan of them. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth guy was um, queer himself, um, but not like super out about it and having kind of a lot of his own struggles that he liked to take out on other people. So he, he also wasn't like a great recluse either. Like it was all around just kind of not fun people to live with. And I think they, it wouldn't have necessarily been as not fun if I wouldn't have been gay. Right. Hmm. I remember um, going on like the Facebook page after we all got accepted and like finding a roommate and I found a roommate who still like he lives in a blocks mod with us like i've lived with him all four years but um i remember over the summer leading up to like move in 
I kept asking my best friends from home, like, should I tell him I'm gay? Should I not? Like, should he know this information? Should he not? And I ended up being convinced that like, no, that like he isn't entitled to that. Like I am who I am, whatever. That shouldn't be like a barrier or not. And then I remember getting my rooming assignment and Tim and I ended up being paired together, but we were put in a quad. And I remember like freaking out to my best friend at home. I was like, how am I supposed to come out not only to one person, but to like two additional people that I have no idea who they are. And so I did it for a while, like the entire first semester. Um, I wasn't out to them. Like I didn't really like try to hide it, but I didn't explicitly say it. And then by spring semester, freshman year, I finally told them and they were totally cool about it. Like very accepting, thank God. But yeah, um, yeah I just remember like the anxiety that came with like random people especially yeah. I didn't get to feel out at first to see if they could be accepting um so yeah there's anxiety that came with that yeah I wish so badly that there were systems in place to like mitigate that anxiety because I feel like that's something we all feel um what so in light of your experiences what kind of advice would you give to queer questioning first-year students coming into to BC or just to college in general um, I would maybe disagree with Ryan's friends from home. Like, I felt like it was important that I was out right away to the people I live with. Um, like, to me, that really mattered. And even if they weren't supportive of it, I think it helps me to just kind of, like, own it. Um, so I would give that advice, like, just regardless of how you think it'll go, like, own who you are. Mm, yeah, that's hard. And everyone is in such a different place in their journey. Um, but I definitely, yeah, like if you can and you and you feel like you're you're proud of of your progress, like definitely claim it, own it. I think the first thing that came to my head, and like I'll agree with Mikey, I think in retrospect, that's great advice. Um, so what I would say is like if you know who you are coming in and you're comfortable, even if you don't, like just own who you are in that moment. Um, just be yourself, like create that space for yourself and don't let anyone and that's so hard, but like, don't let anyone take that away from you because you're just as deserving of it as they are. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think coming into school, I think what I was looking for the absolute most was, you know, a community and a group of people who was supportive and who could help me even if I wasn't really sure where I was. I think that seeking out a a really positive and reinforcing and accepting group is, um, you know, I mean, obviously it's what everyone's looking for coming into school, but I think, again, no matter where you are on your journey, that I think makes, makes up for a whole lot of other kind of bad transition stuff when people are coming into, coming into school. Yeah. I hear like everything that y'all are saying, just this desire for, for queer students to feel empowered to to find community and like really make positive meaning from their experience, which I think is so important um, and so hard. Like I was so scared and had all those anxieties as a, as a first year student. And it took me years to come to a place where I really felt empowered. Um, but I wanna talk about like, um, we've, we've been like finding some things to be critical about and pointing out some some issues, but like what what makes you feel empowered and, um, and like what, what What's your source of joy in that in those identities today? And after your your four years, kind of what's your reflection? What's your takeaway? 
Um, I know that question wasn't on the list, but um, hopefully you've got some thoughts. Going back to the formative experience question, this is what I thought of during that, but I guess something that made me feel really empowered is that one professor I had fall semester freshman year, uh, first class that I entered into, it was like, what's your name? What are your pronouns, et cetera? This is who I am. This is how I identify. And I had never had that before. I had never had that like space where it's like, yeah, tell me who you are um, instead of like hiding it or like ignoring it. And I think that being one of my first experiences at BC really empowered me because I was like, regardless if every professor is like this or not, there are professors that are, there are spaces here that are, and I can like get accustomed to that and hopefully bring that into the spaces where I am. Um, I think that was like a really empowering experience that I've carried with me all four years. It's just like own it, be you, like live your truth. Yeah. Have you had an opportunity to like mentor someone younger than you or like provide that kind of experience for someone? Yeah, so I'm actually a pride peer on campus. Okay. Um, I don't have a mentee right now. And the first time that I got a mentee was spring semester of my junior year, which ended up being canceled because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So I haven't developed like a really strong relationship with a younger classman. Um, but yeah. Cool. Yeah, what is, can you tell us more about Pride Peers? What are those? Sure, yeah. There's an office on campus. Do you remember what the office is called? Office of Student? I don't. I have a pride here right now, so I yeah, should know. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what offices are at all. It's I think it's just there's like another grad student who runs it, I think. I don't I don't even know if there is an office, but um so they just match like an upperclassman with an underclassman. Um I think it's mostly freshmen, but like my mentee is a transfer, a sophomore transfer, so not all freshmen. Um like we just get lunch sometimes and talk about like, like we talk about being gay, but we also just talk about like life. Um, yeah. It's kind of, to me, that's what I see the point of it being. Like I had, I had a pride peer when I was a freshman and it was a way to like know another gay person in like a, yeah. I don't know, helpful sort of like get to know you way. Cool. Do you wanna go back to that previous question? I know I kind of segued. I think I personally feel in, empowered the more that I see people doing, I guess, be, being queer at Boston College their own way, mm -hmm. you know? And the more I, I interact with people who I guess are, are subversive in what it is expected of them, you know, I think because there is such a, the box thing that we talked about, mm -hmm. you know? meet meeting people you know i'm in i'm i'm in an improv comedy group and you know oh, cool. the, the insane thing to me is that you know improv in my previous experience before bc was one of the queerest things that you know is actually a pretty like you know positive and a, you know lgbt friendly community yeah came into bc and it's a group full of straight people mm -hmm. and you know over the course of the years i've you know just through like casting decisions and you know bringing people into the fold like i can't tell you how important it is that you know we've brought our basically since me the first lgbt member and i don't know how many years you know and it's been awesome i guess 
living vicariously through it's like this kid who is so much more confident than I was at my age when I was when I was a freshman coming in and you know I think I think back to you know what what I would have wanted a senior to to be cool to me you know what I would have wanted a senior to tell me because I didn't quite get it and was really hoping for it yeah thank you for sharing that um I was also the like the only gay member of an improv troupe at my campus so maybe that's just a thing I don't know, I don't know what <laughs> yeah that's funny um I know um Ryan you mentioned um COVID just affecting your peer mentor um uh, experience, but are there any other ways that y'all thought about how this pandemic has affected you as a, um, as a queer person, um, more so or differently from your peers? And, um, like, I don't know that it's like a direct effect, but something I think about is people like to talk about how this is like the first pandemic in like a hundred years or something, mm -hmm. blah, 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 and like, it wasn't for gay people. Um, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. I just think that's like an interesting thing. Um, yeah, and you see that like the public response to this pandemic is really different than like, HIV. Yeah, it was so. That's so important. Um, for me, on a different note, I think that the pandemic, like happening and school getting canceled, obviously we all had so much free time on our hands, and so it was the first time that like I started watching Drag Race and like oh. shows that really like pushed gender norms and stuff like that. And it made me, Cole said something that made me think of this, but like really being empowered by kids on campus who push those boundaries, not to be like trendy, but to like be more expressive of themselves mm -hmm. um, has always given me like an insight onto like, all right, how far can I push myself? Like what else is there in me that I haven't seen yet? And during the pandemic, during quarantine, like watching shows like that have like, <laughs> allowed me to think more about like all right who am I really and who am I because I'm like socially conditioned to be this person right and so that's been a really fun experience for me to like see that um, and like embrace that kind of growth and like introspection so I think that's been really cool yeah I love that you've used it as as a time of growth and, and healing um because I feel like th like this time in our lives is going to provide us with just this deep well of wisdom that we'll be able to pull from for for years to come and it's so hard but like anything that's hard is or change is going to result in growth so thank you for for pointing that out yeah yeah and you know this sounds obvious but you know i think the five months that we were all like you know stuck at home over the summer and stuff you know it really did give me a sense of gratitude because you know coming home to you know a pretty straight world back back in california which sounds crazy because you know, it's the Bay Area, but you know, I was just at my house for most of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, it did make me really miss the, you know, community here in BC and, you know, all the people who had been, you know, so kind to me along the way. So yeah. cool. the gratitude is what I'd want to emphasize. That's awesome. Um, all right, last question, and then I'll let you guys go. Um, are there any like additional resources, books or podcasts that you've found particularly helpful in developing your identity or, or um, tackling any issue of justice, anything that's giving you peace right now or has um, for our listeners? I haven't read these books, um, but my <laughs> direct roommate has. 
uh, Velvet Rage and I think there's a book called And the Band Played On are just like, I think Velvet Rage is more sociolog sociological, like what it means to grow up like in the closet and the toll that that has on you and stuff like that. And then the band played on is like about the AIDS epidemic and just like queer history. Um, one book I did read in my uh, gender and sexuality class is called Gay New York. And it really talked about like the culture of being gay in New York, like during all these periods of time, um, which, really opened my eyes to like a lot of different like key terms and terminology. And I think books like that are important because uh, it makes you realize that like, there's a history to being gay and like the community around us. And it makes you feel more like rooted in something and not just like an individual, like freely floating around, you know? Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned The Velvet Rage too, because that was a book that was healing for me. I think the like the subtitle is Overcoming the Pain of Growing Up in a Straight Man's World or something. Um, Times Square Red, Times Square Blue is a pretty good book. Um, it's like two long essays, Times Square Red and then Times Square Blue. Um, and one of them is just like a retelling of sort of like cruising and bathhouse bath culture in New York, like pre-AIDS, I think. Um, and then the other one's sort of more sociological, um, but they're both really good. I would recommend that one, kind of like a look at where gayness has come from. Um, and then another book that I really enjoyed reading this past summer was, I think it was called The Material Construction of Sexuality. And it kind of looked at like issues of capitalism and class and how that relates to sexuality. Cool, I haven't heard of those, thank you. I feel bad. I not really <laughs> I, I don't have anything for you i'm sorry I, no you're fine <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad consumer of gay media um but my my one i guess uh, or not my one but a, a big thing for me is that you know i do listen to quite a lot of prince um you know he i think especially as i was kind of coming into myself was you know pretty formative and um you know it's yeah. not what the prompt asked for but um you said prince yeah, Prince. He was straight, or at least at the time of his death, he was. But um, you know, he he dealt with lots of, I guess, um, fe femininity and um, other kinds of, um, you know, gender ambiguity in a lot of his music. And um, you know, I also just kind of am obsessed with you know his his look and his aesthetic and stuff. Yeah. I think music and um, like media and that, those ways are such a great resource. So you did have something. I, I had something. <laughs> also, oh, cool. I want to plug Drag Race because if you <laughs> if you really pay attention, there's so many like what are the what's the word like references to such Colleges. deep yeah deep history. Oh, yeah, and Paris community. is burning. Paris is burning. Like, I watched yeah. Pose over quarantine too as I oh, was Drag Race and just like so much that you just aren't taught um mm -hmm. which is like an entire well of history that is important to also know yeah are you keeping up with um season 13 oh absolutely oh yeah. so good so good um last sashay away was kind of a gag but i know whatever <laughs> um no spoilers oh, okay <laughs> um cool well thank you guys so much it really means a lot to me that you joined me today and um I hope you're enjoying your semester and maybe we can chat, talk again sometime. Absolutely, yeah, thank you.